We're live. All right. We're Episode live. 42, Life as We Know It podcast with <laughs> Jacob Ham and Patrick Solomon. And today we have a special guest. That's right. The most special guest. My father. <laughs> Jason Ooh. Jason Ham. Um Woo. Thanks for coming on, Dad. Yeah, seriously, we've been waiting a hey, long time for pleasure. this. Yeah. Uh you're gonna have to talk into the mic though, because okay. it, I have the volume on the headphones okay. that we're allowed. We we can handle that. All right, okay. that's good. Okay, it's good. Um check, check. Good. Yep. So obviously I don't really usually look at the guests, I usually just look into the mic and right, focus. Right. But um so Life as We Know What podcast is for us, I kinda think it's been eye-opening in the sense that when I – I think Pat can relate to this too. When we got out of the Marine Corps, um, there was a big sense of uh, self-entitlement mm-hmm. and thinking that our, it was only our way and no one else can be on our highway. And it took a good amount of transitioning to realize um, that it's okay for other people to have different perspectives, to have different ideas, different right. agreements. Um, and yet you can learn from it, whether they're bad ideologies or good ideologies. And one of the reasons why I'm excited to have you on the podcast mm. is because I think you bring a, a, a way different perspective, one to the audience that we've had, um, <laughs> our, our, our audience that listens and then to the guests that we've had, one, mm-hmm. you're older, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And two, I've always looked up to you as someone who's had a very well concept of one's own shadow. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is that that you've you understand that that not there's no such thing really, at least to me, maybe I'm wrong, maybe you do think this, but to me I've never thought that there is such a thing as a good person. That there that everybody in naturally has you know the ability to be evil and have that darkness that's always there like i've realized and the thoughts i've had in my life that's like i've seen my lows i've seen the some thoughts in my mind that are definitely not of you know well being mm-hmm. and that has always been where I, you know for you you've been a pastor if anybody's listening my dad's been a pastor for 30 years you've you're not just a pastor, but you've also, you know, you've experienced worldly things and you know, I'm going on a big tangent, but no, this is a good opening. I can dig it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the question, my first question for you would be is like, I would say our audience is mostly younger, like Mm -hmm. thirties, twenties, you know, sixties, (laughs) sixties with, (laughs) The evilness, I guess you could say, or the darkness, or our ability to cause harm, you know, what has been like your coping mechanisms, or like what have you observed in like, you know, your lifetime where you've seen people struggle and fight through these darkness? Because as life as we know it, it's pretty much just turned into a thing where we we try to conquer life as we know it, mm-hmm. our problems that we face in our day to day lives. Follow, okay. Well. First thing I want to say, Jacob got his good looks from his dad. Okay, <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> actually, from from his mother. Uh, Jacob is right. Um, so, so our live streams. We're back live. All right, we're back live. Well, 
So do you want to reiterate your question? Apologize real quick and just yeah, I'm going to apologize for Jacob because he wanted to step on the wire and pull everything out of the wall and turn everything off. Yeah. He did it on purpose, though, because he wanted to ruin a perfectly good beginning to an episode. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if they're going to connect them. They're going to throw me off a little they bit. Might, they might connect those videos or there might be a part one, part two. So All either right, so way. Just, re- just reiterate what your question was. <sighs> I was talking about humans in their nature of being capable of being having good and having evil and my dad being a pastor and being around a plethora of people he's seen and experienced a lot so i want to know his opinion on what he's done and what he's learned about Uh, people's in nature okay about the evil both i i mean all right i'll just i'm here i'm yours okay the world's Um, listening yeah well to start off um Jacob um, introduced me as being a well-rounded guy, um, being a pastor for 30 years. And I do consider myself a well-rounded guy. Many times I would preface things, things this way. I would say, I wasn't born yesterday. And mm-hmm. people laugh. And I think we all know what that means when somebody says, I wasn't born yesterday. It's the same like saying, um, I've been around the block. That simply communicates to the person that I'm talking to that I'm not, I have my convictions, but based on life experience, life experience has molded me into thinking outside of the box. I guess that's a good way. Mm-hmm. Because there are some people who are religious in the ministry. They certainly have their convictions, but can be somewhat in the box. In the box meaning they're closed. They don't listen to other people's concepts and um, opinions. Now, what I mean by that is this. I have convictions. I, I believe what I believe, but I also listen to other people Um not meaning that it's going to change my convictions, but it gives me an appreciation for how people arrive to what they believe in. Mm-hmm. See, when a person says something um, about life, about evil, about good, about whatever the subject might may be, I will listen. And if the person actually is able to explain um, intellectually, logically, I mean, the thought process flows and you can actually see that there's been put a lot of thought i appreciate that Mm -hmm. i may not adhere to it i may not believe in it but i will definitely have an appreciation because they've thought it through more so than a person simply reading something and just quoting back what they read but they really don't know because they've never done the research themselves they're just doing a ditto Mm -hmm. and some people their level of their level of um, expressing their their convictions their thought process is basically just repeating somebody what somebody that they've heard of or read yeah Um, that happens a lot I mean I do that too I think a good example of that Mm -hmm. is like Nike Nike's slogan is just do it Right. Which obviously, you know, if you're if you have some aspiration or some ambition, just do it. Yeah, that's great 
you know, motiva- motivation, I guess you could say, but mm-hmm. what is those three words just do it mean? And what does that all entail? Because obviously me and Pat, we have very high ambitions. Mm-hmm. And obviously so you like, oh yeah, just do it. But what you break down, just do it. And you don't see all the hardships, the failures, the, the laziness, the um, temptations, uh, the distractions, right. everything that goes along with just, just do it. And we mm-hmm. try to like expand on those kind of things a lot. So cool. I, I get what you mean by that. So evil. Oh my. That is a top three questions when it comes to people's questions concerning God and and God's love for people. The question goes like this. If God loves men so much, and this is a claim that people have, particularly the Christian faith and other faiths too, then why did he allow or create evil? Yeah. Now, that's a big one, okay? The yeah, big, that's a- it's big because it goes something like this. If God is the creator of all things, man, material things, etc. And if God is omnipotent, he is all-powerful, and if God is the designer, then, or particularly if God is, um, yes, the designer and the one who instills it in man that he created, the ability to understand reason, reason or better yet understand who this divine person is why would god why would god create not only man but create evil example hmm. when god created man did god create man with or without evil without okay so if god created man without having evil, then evil would have to be an external source. There would have to be something outside of man that introduced this evil to man. This is where Satan Lucifer comes in. This is Mm -hmm. a a basic concept. You have Satan Lucifer, um, the enemy of God, that tempted man. And because of that temptation, there was the fall and there was sin, etc., so with all of that as a background, we still have the question. Yeah, the question still lies. The question still lies. If or since God is a God of love, and particularly he being omniscient, omniscient being he knows all things, all knowledge, why would he allow or create evil knowing that man would fall and knowing that man would manifest evil amongst his fellow men that he would do evil things if god was a god of love could he have prevented it if he could prevent it the prevention would be not allowing evil to exist but since we know evil (laughs) does exist then the question is where did the evil come from if god is the creator of all things it sounds like evil must have come from god because where else can evil come if it came from satan who created satan 
Who created Lucifer? Yeah. See, biblically speaking, Satan Lucifer is a created being. He's an angel. God created all things, the angelic beings himself. So we know that evil, Satan is called the devil. Yeah. Okay. Satan is the, the, the personification of evil. So, again, the question, where does evil come from? God created all things. So does it mean that evil originates from God? See, that is a hard concept for some people to understand. For me, because I guess there is no straight answer to that. And that is? I mean, to, the, to the question, I mean, I mean, we can philosophize about it, but I mean, I'm guessing to really understand it, I mean. Well, I think there can't be any good in the world without evil. Okay, well, you know, absolutely. I, I say, okay, now this is getting interesting. Because I, I, I agree, okay? Okay. Um, you feel quiet? Let, I was sitting back. Let, let, let me um, illustrate. I'm a man of illustration, okay? Okay. Um, some people would say, man, it is hot. And me being a kind of wise person, wise in a humorous way, my response would be, man, you know why it's hot? I says, why? Because it's not cold. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's a contrast. When we are hot, we are hot because we've experienced something else. If you've never experienced hot, would you say it's hot? No, it would be normal. It, it, it would be normal. Mean, but when we say it's hot, it's a complaint. Because mm-hmm. we felt well, other things before. Absolutely. So we, we gauge things because of the contrast. It's, it's the opposite. So like you say, we... We know what bad is because we have experienced the good. Mm-hmm. We know what love is because we've experienced the hate. But going back to your question where we're talking about origin. Well, one thing on what you just said, though, because I remember reading something please, <coughs> please. specific on, like, yes. using heat and colden. Like, for as far as science goes, you cannot study cold. The only thing you can study is energy, mm-hmm. with, which is heat. So, like, the more energy something has, the more heat goes. So, the transfer of heat. So, like, if you grab something hot, mm-hmm. it's not that you're um, giving away coldness. It's that you're absorbing heat. Mm-hmm. So, cold is not something. It's just the absence of heat. Whereas, I guess, like, if you look at light, which is also the same thing. You mm-hmm. can't study darkness besides like dark matter, but we don't really know what that is. But like as far as light and darkness, you don't study darkness. You study light. And we know that darkness is the reciprocation of the absence of light. So as far as evil and we'll say you know righteousness, mm-hmm. maybe that could, could correlate within each other. That evilness, it was a uh, – well, that's – because then it sounds like an accident, but I guess you could say like evilness is like the fallout of the absence, absence of righteousness or holiness or or love, whatever you want to say. Question. Now I I'm thinking as I go along too. Okay. Yeah. You use the term evilness, and then there's the word evil. If there was a an entity, a person who was evil. Mm-hmm. 
but he existed alone. Let's say that um, this person, this individual, has evil, but he lives, or this entity lives alone. There's no other, um, no other thing to to have contact with in a mutual way, man, man, so forth. Yeah. Would that person be able to commit an evil doing? <laughs> Would there be such thing as evilness if you could never demonstrate or manifest to another person this evil? In other words, I have evil, but what could I do? Now, I could do things bad to myself, but if you never experience any other connection well, with a mutual person like yourself. I guess the question to that question would be whether or not he's ignorant of his evil doings. Well, if, you know, if you don't know any better, though. Yeah. Exactly. If, you don't, if you don't know anything else. Like if that's, you think, no, I like that, the whole contrasting because if you don't know what cold is, then you only know hot, and then hot's just normal. So that person who, or that entity that has evil, if this person is sola, only one, would that person have the ability to know within their own intuition that there's evil within them, or not? They wouldn't. They would have nothing to compare it to. Well, okay. I guess I mean I think it would, I mean it would depend on like the islands he's on because I think you could there might well I do believe that humans are born with a moral compass mm -hmm. and I think even looking at the animal kingdom I think as a human I don't know you'd have to experiment but I think you would be able to tell like like if you watched you know like a some animal eat its own cub mm -hmm. or watched an animal have babies and some other animal came and killed it you I think you would feel bad for that animal you okay. might feel some kind of like distress where you might want to protect that animal mm -hmm. and then you know maybe like just for you in nature you can kind of feel even the animals of the, like your own well-being like i don't even know i can't really okay, worry the, the, the animal kingdom the the reason why i bring that up and and please my words are um interject anytime because if not i'm used to Rambling, okay. I have a PhD in rambling, so you can cut me <laughs> off, okay. The biblical account we have God, He created all things the heavens and the earth, the beast, the man, Adam and Eve. The biblical account of the Christian conviction or belief is Adam and Eve, or particularly Adam, was created innocent. Yeah. How can a holy God create something? that is uh, with sin. If God created man with sin, that somehow God created and imputed in man sin, how could a holy, holy God impute in man sin? So in innocence, it teaches that man, the original man, was created innocent without sin. So when Adam and Eve sinned, there was an external source that's lucifer the serpent on the tree yeah tempted eve the woman the ate of the fruit and thus the fall man became a sinner so when i look at that and by the way i believe in that account even though people think it's a fairy tale 
So what that tells me is this. God is holy. What he creates um, cannot contradict his character and his nature. So when he created man, man was not created with sin, that is evil. But there was sin outside of Adam, and that was Lucifer. But as I mentioned earlier, Lucifer also is a created being. He's actually an angelic being. He was a cherubim, according to Ezekiel 37, 38, and etc. So being that Lucifer is a created being, an angel, there was a, a dispute. Lucifer wanted to be, as it says, like the Most High God. And if you read that account, it says, I will, I will, I will. He wanted to be like God. And so that's when the scripture says God casted Satan out of the heavenly abode. We call that the fall, along with, along with other angels. We call those fallen angels or demons today. And so here we have Lucifer, who is Satan, now taken on the form of the serpent, tempting Eve, and Eve, of course, luring her, I guess I could use that word, luring Adam, and they ate of the fruit. So we, when we put that together, God created man without sin, but an external source who was in opposition with God, because he wanted to be at God, God passed judgment, cast him. He came down to, to earth, tempted Eve, and they sinned. And now became now man became a fallen being. Now man was capable of doing evil yeah. things because there's sin. But back to your question. Where did evil originate from? Origin. Where did it come from? We know it came from Satan. We say that the sin of Satan was pride. That's a pretty much acceptable interpretation. It was the pride of Satan, the I will. But the question always returns back to this. Being that God is omniscient, he knows all things, even future. God knew that Satan would want to commit this, this, this um, pride, wanted to be like the Most High God. Being omniscient, God would know that. Why would God still allow that to happen, knowing that in time, Satan would have accomplished this scheme with the fall of Adam and so forth, and, and what we find mm -hmm. here today with the evenness of, of, I think of sin. So, a, a bunch so, of things come to my mind. Please. The first thing is looking at, um, I guess, the state of consciousness with Adam and Eve, mm -hmm. uh, apparently something happened to their state of consciousness when they ate of the fruit. The state of consciousness of angels and then the state of consciousness of God, which there's no way that we're going to be able to comprehend. Mm -hmm. So it's like, for me, it's to be able to have consciousness or to have the ability to reason, I feel like that has to come with sin. Has to come with, like to be able to, to understand, to be able to choose one decision, meaning that you didn't choose another. Mm -hmm. So it's like to be able to reason. I feel like you would, you would ha that has to come with evil doing. So it's like if God created angels with the ability to reason mm -hmm. and to to the ability to to weigh their own value or weigh the, in, in in others, then mm -hmm. you know there's positions to um, to be corrupt. Well, don't you think that's like kind of the internal battle you have in between yourself 
when you're trying to make a decision, trying to figure out if it's the right decision or wrong decision. Um, and sometimes we make the wrong decision knowing it's not the right thing to do. Okay. So if we're talking about that good and evil complex of our consciousness, where, where do you stand on that? Like, you know, there's, there's two, those okay. two minds, those two, two voices going back and forth in your head because, I mean, I feel like I have a very high sense of self-awareness. Okay, the, the, if, if I follow the first question have to deal with evil, the origin, where did it come from? The second one has to deal with consciousness. Let me ask you this question. Does Jacob look like me a little bit? I don't know. Yes. How about his um, personality, some character traits? Do you see similar things? Yes. Okay, so, of course, he's my son, right? So we know that <laughs> that, that um, genetically there are certain things that has been passed on to him, right? I okay. mean, that's, yeah. that's um, the eyes, the, the hair. By the way, your hair is going to turn white one of these days, no, too. No, it's you know? starting. Um, <laughs> and so the Bible says that man was created in the image of God. My point is this, talking about consciousness. Why is it that man is able to, one, have a conscience, two, have an emotion to to feel to to, to um, feel hate to feel love jealousy anger you know those kinds of feelings why is it that man is able to to exercise volition to actually choose between that and that that color and that color you know I can actually choose because I have a I have ability to choose I have a free will that I I can choose why. Why is that? Why is it that we have the ability to have a dialogue now and talk about things that are that are philosophical, things that are not cut and dry, things that are grace? Because we have this this learning to 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 learn. We want to know. We want to know the why. So why is that? The scripture says that man was created in the image of God. So I say when we look at the ability as well as the capacity that man has intellectually, emotionally, psychologically, etc. Could it be that we learn things about the nature of God through what we are able to demonstrate or exercise? We are intellectual beings. I really like this concept. What you're okay. going yeah, we are intellectual beings. We, we like to reason. We like to to uh, experiment, we like to research. Could it be that God is an intellectual being, that he actually does think? You ever thought about that, that God actually does think? If God is a God that is just a force, just a force of nature, but he's not a person. See, the Christian faith believes God as being a person, a person has a name, okay? A person exercises personality characteristics. And so we, I think, and many people believe that when it says that God created man his old image, man exercises his mental faculties because God is an intellectual being. It doesn't mean that God is a progressive being. Some faiths believe that God actually is learning well, if God is learning, if God is progressing, that I, then I say that he's a pretty small God, <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. he has to develop in being smarter. 
but if God is holy and omnipotent, then he is complete in himself. So we, we are able to think, exercise our mental faculties. Could it be it's because God created us intellectually because he is an intelligent being? So we, even inherited oh, those. That, 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 that we, we can accept that, that term. God, we exercise or we have emotions. Could it be that when God created man, his own image tells us that God is an emotional being that he feels? Some people think, well, God is just a force. Well, if God is just a force, then he would have no feelings. But if he's a person, when Jacob would do things that are not within our, um, what do you call? Control. Uh, not, uh, control. Yeah, definitely you're a grown man now, but not within our um, liking or our our pleasure, then that would grieve us, okay? Just like the way if your friends would do something bad again, so you, you, would, get, you would get upset. We would respond, we would react emotionally and, of course, intellectually. Why is that? Could it be if God created or since God created man in his image, we are able to exercise that emotion, that reaction, because God... Because we've been created with that ability because God is an emotional being. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at all the characteristics that we had, not including sin, see, that's the whole thing. When we look at the nature and character that we have as human beings, as people, as a person, I like to think it's because God is a person. He is an individual, and we share that likeness because he is. It doesn't mean that we are gods. To me, that's pretty obvious. It doesn't mean that the bad things, the sinful things that we commit, it doesn't mean that God is a sinner. Because like, remember what I mentioned, when God created man, he did create man innocent. It was an external thing. Yeah, but at the same time, please, I don't want to get like, maybe not innocent because at the end of the day there was still a choice that was made and he put a choice in front of them with a tree and an apple mm -hmm. there was a decision that was made there was an mm -hmm. option and they had to choose and they had the ability to fall for temptation mm -hmm. so that kind of makes me wonder exactly what god's plan was with all that um i guess with all that being said, because I really do like the concept of, you know, the reason why we have consciousness is because we come from a being that has consciousness. Mm -hmm. And that makes a lot of sense to me. Now, as far as taking that knowledge, what do you do with it? As far as, you know, day to day, <laughs> as far as like. Well, no. So before you before you answer that question. Yeah. If God's got a conscious, and I feel like, like I said before, like I'm pretty self-aware, and other people are more intact with their emotions mm -hmm. than other people are, mm -hmm. why? Why Why do some people get more intact with their, their own consciousness than other people do? Okay, for, first off, I, I, I want to make sure what I mean and what I don't mean as far as God having, quote, a conscious, to make sure that we're in the right terminology. terminology. Okay. When, when I do something bad okay um and then i feel convicted then we would say that well i have a bad conscience about what i did is is that true or is that how I mean, we, that's is, is, is that how we're using the term consciousness to me means the ability to reason okay 
yeah, justify like you're trying to like before you make that bad decision, you have that good and evil pulling. Okay. Like where animals are more instinctual, and in obviously they can feel. Okay. But it's more instinctual where we can, we have more of ability to reason with things and weigh values against. Outside, okay, I like, follow. You know. So boy, that that's a good one. So who? I have to use the animal kingdom because this is debatable among some people. Good, I like controversial topics. Um, we hunt. Yeah. And we hunt for, for food and for sport too. Um, so when we kill an animal and the animal, say it's a, a buck or a doe has a young Bambi, and we shoot the doe. Um, does the little Bambi cry for its mother the way a baby would cry for a human mother in same fashion? I don't know if it's same fatness, but there's definitely some mourning in the animals and in certain animals, not all animals, because animals. There, I mean, I know it's, there's different levels of intelligence amongst animals. Okay. So so let me put it like elephants for sure like they they have they mourn their dead. Okay, so let let me simplify it a little bit more. Do animals and humans share the same kind of conscience or no. is there a difference between the animal kingdom and man? No, or are we or are we just first class animals? What do you think? I'd say there's a difference. Well, that's like saying I like using this question. I'll just question your question with a question. <laughs> if we die and we go to heaven, do animals die and go to heaven? I can answer that. And again, re remember, um, my response is from a a revelation, from a a, a, a scriptural standpoint. Yeah. Well, if anybody's listening that's not Christian, okay. I would still be paying attention to if this was a, an okay. Islamic conversation, if this was the atheist yeah. conversation, because there's still a lot to learn. It's like, I use this example of, with mm -hmm. mom today. Yeah, Gun control is a big topic today. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people say you want to ban guns, but they can't tell me the difference between a semi-automatic yeah. or a fully automatic. So it's like, yeah. even if you are an yeah. atheist, it's good to know what you don't know. So when I say that, I hope people don't interpret that as, well, he's just hiding behind uh, the Bible because he doesn't really have his own, his own cojones. He doesn't have his own conviction. So he just, whatever he's going to say, he's going to hide behind God. Well, I say, well, what's wrong with that? Mm. Okay. I mean, a lot of people stand behind a, a person a historical person, a living person, an authority, a standard. We all do that. I mean, we we should be behind the Constitution. That's a standard. And so I don't have a problem using revelation or, or God, his word, as a means of what my conviction is based on. So going back to um, animals, the biblical account, after God created man, it says that he breathed on, breathed on man his breath. And it says a man became a living soul. Um, with the animal kingdom, we don't have that account. He basically created the animals, the beasts, and so forth. But it, it doesn't say that God actually breathed on them, that 
and the animals became a living soul. But man, it does. In fact, man was given authority to manage the animal kingdom. The man was given the responsibility to take care. That's what it says there. So the answer question is, um, yeah, I believe that when, when it comes to afterlife, um, the afterlife pertains to man because man has a living soul. Animals are on a different on, they're on a different playing field. They they weren't created like man with a living soul. So the whole issue as far as afterlife is not it's not even an issue. Now some people say, well, it should be. I say why? Because if you think animals deserve the right to have a place in heaven like man, I say if you were God the Creator, then you would have that right. <laughs> but since you are a created being, you're, you are a created being. God has the only right to determine what His master plan is like, mm -hmm. if He's God, right? I mean, and so some people like to argue. I say if they're arguing, then they're arguing again with God. But I, I don't have a problem accepting things that is and things that we don't understand. Because I'm not the creator, I just accept revelation as we understand. Yeah. You so mean we you don't have the answers. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I I wish we did, but there are some things that I'm very dogmatic in. Th things that I will, I will. Example. We were talking about evil consciousness. Let's talk about love. I will die for that man. Why? I mean, that's a no-brainer. He's my son. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I love him. But we say, what is love? Love's got to be demonstrated, right? So okay. if I say that I would, I, would take, I would take one for my son, it means that my love is at the extent of there's not just this, I like Jacob or I love him, but there is this, I'm willing to, to sacrifice Sacrifice meaning his life is precious to me. And so I'm, I'm willing to demonstrate how precious his life is to me as a father who loves him, that I would take a bullet for him. I would think second for somebody else. Okay, I'm, I'm being honest. Right. And so love is not just a concept, but love has to be something that's demonstrated. So you say, I love you. Okay, that's cool. But how do you demonstrate love? And so God has demonstrated His love towards us in certain ways. Um, we could talk about His Son, the Lord Jesus, why He came, but that is a demonstration of His love. And so when we talk about evil, we know there's a demonstration of evil. Just look around us. I don't think people would it's argue. It's not hard to find. You know? <coughs> but then an atheist would think otherwise. If you had an atheist standing right next to me, he'll be shaking his head. I guarantee you that. Because of this whole notion about God being the creator and God creating us in his image, to, to him that or her would be, I mean, he that person would be, would be timing out all the time because he wouldn't be in agreement. And so when he comes to evil, you may agree that, yeah, look around us, we see all this evil. 
a person with no deity or no divine faith thing in them, they would say, that's not evil. Then what is it? It's just, just that's just man living just the way man is. Man just making his choices and decisions, and that's just that's just a natural occurrence of how man lives. But because when you say there's evil, then you're saying that there's bad. Who determines what is bad and what is good? You, me. If it's you and me, then what right do we have? What qualification do we have to determine what is good and bad? Because you can say that is bad there, but I don't believe yeah, in I that. Guess, I guess the atheist response would be like the social social contract or whatever the forces are in that society would be the deciding factor. But I would see, like my rebuttal, that would be like you can see a moral compass even down to a baby's level. Like mm-hmm. a baby can know when it's goofing around when something's wrong mm-hmm. a baby knows if a baby will die i read this the other day a baby will die if it does isn't held by human when it's first born like it has to have humanly contact mm-hmm. or it will just straight up die or like a baby that, that can't even talk will throw its rattler on the ground monkey, you pick it back up mo- throws monkeys it on the ground. monkeys do the same yeah so the there's definitely i mean obviously there is a moral compass but you see the atheist with the atheist with you when you look at primates if the monkeys and chimpanzees and the gorillas share or show the same type of physical passion with their parents and so forth, they say, well, that doesn't prove anything. You're saying that we have this, but the animal kingdom does the same thing, and they don't believe in God. Yeah. But do they? You want to hear something weird? Yeah. <laughs> I might as well say it. <laughs> I believe that the animals do acknowledge that there is a creator. Now, can you prove it? I've never talked to one. But I say this, you know, we just had Easter, <laughs> right? Now, this this is, you know, life as is it, so hey. We just we just had e- Easter. Yeah. This is what Jesus said when he was coming to into Jerusalem and they were laying down the palm branches and they were shouting uh, Hosanna, Hosanna to the highest. And the Pharisees, in one account, says, hey, t- tell these people to stop. This is what Jesus says. He says, if I tell them to stop, the rocks, the rocks itself will acknowledge who I am. They will cry mm-hmm. out, Hosanna, Hosanna. So with that said, could it be the rocks, everything was made of God, right? From God. So if the rocks... Well, see, that's even cool, too, because like I... It, <laughs> Religion aside, yes. I know there's a lot of sciences as far as going like uh, fungal, yes. and fungi, yes, and that there's it's a living thing, yeah. yeah. So and it's it's a, a lot of scientists are thinking that learning more about fungi and fungal and f- like there's f- there's a fungi and bacteria in every single person and uh, and everything in the world and they're all and apparently that would be. Like the language, yeah, you, you want to see some. Yeah, <laughs> that would be the language <laughs> to communicate to the universe because everything is connected in that sense. Like when I touch Pat, mm-hmm. we've just exchanged like our bio. Um, oh crap! What's the word? Like our biomes have been intertwined, mm-hmm. and in the same sense where everything in this room has affected our biome. Like when you came to this house, you brought in your biome, and now we're connected to that. And that's all animals and all living things. Our biomes have been connected, so it's kind of like. I don't know, when you said that, it made me think of that because it's like, are, th- are we all more connected, even with things that we would consider not living, 
more connected than we actually know. You know? Is it is it really come down to be connected with other people or being connected to yourself? Mm. Hmm. Is it really important to be connected with other people or to be connected to yourself? Again, let let, let me hide behind um, the words of, of of Jesus, and I hope I say it right. It had to do with the greatest commandment: um, love thy neighbor. Of course, there's the Old Testament, you know, to love your Lord, the Lord your God with all your mind, your body, and all your soul. Um, the Lord says to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so I say, <laughs> that's super deep when you put it like that. <laughs> so, so I say, when you say, is what's more important to to you know the connection with other people or connection with yourself? I say, if you don't have a true connection with yourself then your connection with other people, that connection is a dotted line. Because until you really connect with yourself emotionally, and well, intellectually, the whole, the whole nine yards, I question, well, let's put it that way, I wonder what kind of effect it has on your relationship with other people. In other words, if you're going around smiling and making everybody think that everything's just fine with you, but inside of you, you are a disturbed human being, disturbed like, oh, everybody knows what that means, okay? Everybody yeah. has a secret closet. We all know that. So if you haven't settled things with your own self, your soul, your whole inner being. I wonder how that is affecting your relationship with other people. Are we living just a facade? Are we living just a life that, you know, you see me this way, but you really don't know because I haven't really allowed you to enter in because if you did enter in my life, you really wouldn't like me because I really don't like myself. Mm -hmm. Now that's, Kind of like more psycho babble, but I think there is true. It, it, it's true. So when the Lord says, "Love your neighbor," that's the fellow man. As you love yourself, if you don't love yourself, can you love your neighbor? You can fake it. You can fake it. Yeah, yeah. You can, and and that's the life that a lot of us live. See, a lot of us we don't. Well, I'm gonna interrupt you because I, no, I like please. that a lot because I mean. Everybody's heard the Ten Commandments: love thyself or love love thy neighbor like you love yourself. Mm -hmm. That hasn't hit more. I've heard it hundreds of times, but that made more of an impact just now than it's ever had. One because we've talked about what love means a mm -hmm. little bit. We hit on it: a demonstration, a sacrifice mm -hmm. to actually go out of your way, just like how you would go out of your way for your own growth. Mm -hmm. So that's how you should love a neighbor. It's not just by like liking them or being nice. It's mm -hmm. actually demonstrating mm -hmm. and sacrificing your time for the people around you. And then another thing that comes to my mind is that does it affect when if you're not loving yourself and you try to love someone else, is it just faking? And the first thing that comes to my head is, you know, I've obviously I had I've had friends in the Marines that have been suicidal 
and I never saw it coming. Mm-hmm. I never pictured that. There's someone specific in my mind that was like, I never thought he would be suicidal. And then the next thing you know, he's missing out of the platoon. Not because he had to go to rehab, but um, now I'm thinking what person I knew as You know, so it's like I lo- I loved him, but that wasn't him. Mm-hmm. So I, when you're saying it's like I wonder if there's a missing connect a connection, it's like I think so. And then I also think that since they might feel like they love you, but since they can't love themselves, it's just what? Oh gosh, what were we just talking it's, about? No, it's he, <clears throat> I get what you're saying. Is that if somebody let me help you out? If somebody can't love themselves it we doesn't mean it doesn't mean that they can't portray that or mm-hmm. act as if you were to show that fake love um to other people but at the end of the day we're not always going to be able to be with somebody else to base because because i think what happens when you produce that fake love it gives you mm-hmm. a false sense of uh of feeling love if you will and then you're alone oh, no. and you're feeling empty this is what i was this is what i was getting to we talked about this on the last podcast and i think we talked about it on another one is that Oh, yeah. It's when we talk about your inner circle. When you truly love someone, because we've talked about like having too big of a circle and you, and a lot of people worry about the risk of when you when you care too much about too many people, you risk being hurt by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, some people will say keep the circle small. Mm-hmm. And then, but the value of having loved ones and loving someone, true love is because I won't do certain things out of my love for the people. Out of my out of my love for you know my family and my friends like there's certain things I just will not do maybe I want to do them but I won't do them so when I'm when I think about someone who doesn't even love themselves it's like they're in if there's they're they're in these like really dark places like they can't how am I trying to tie this all together they can't they don't there's nothing stopping them from really like holding back because the love that that they're missing out on mm-hmm. is causing their decisions to be shrewd. So I guess the application I'm trying to find is with that being said, it's like it only highlights how important it is to really be in tune with yourself. That was such a ramble <laughs> trying to get that yeah, thoughts no, out I, right there. I, I, <laughs> I, I believe I, I follow. So let me try it's to all over the place sim- on that bed. <laughs> let me try to simplify for for me and and for us talking about love. I'm just getting into public speaking. Um, Give me a break. You use the word they can't love themselves. I was thinking more in terms of they don't want to love themselves. See, when we say I can't love, I I can't love myself. Is that the same as saying, I don't want to love myself? Or is it the same thing? I can't. When, when a person says, I can't, that communicates to me it's that there's an obstacle. There's, there's a barrier that's, prefer, that's preventing the person from loving him or herself. Thus, I can't because there's something there. Or if a person says, I don't want to love myself, to me that's a, that's a decision. That's a conclusion. It's not that I can't. It says, I don't, meaning I won't love myself. 
for some people, when it comes to, you know, going back to loving ourselves, I'm wondering if some people are, are, are battling the, I don't love myself. They've already made a resolve. They've already made a decision. I don't. Come in. No. Come in. Come in. I don't want to come in. Versus, come in. I can't come in. The door is locked. Unlock the door that I can come in. But right now I can't. There's a barrier. Versus, come in. I don't want to. Because the door is open. But they've actually made a decision that I don't. This is my resolve. That's the one that I'm talking about. You think it's a lack of forgiveness? Ah, oh, it's it's amazing how sometimes when we <laughs> develop things, your your noggin works. Mm-hmm. I believe it's all about unforgiveness. I believe it's a it's about unforgiveness, and the guilt and shame. I mean, there are some people. I mean, we all could be part of that people too. Most likely, we are. Mm-hmm that deal with guilt and shame and the thing is it's been repeated so many times you know if we committed one thing one time and and we dealt with it but if we're living a lifestyle of always going through this cycle and it's just painful sometimes our 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 um conclusion is i must be evil See, it comes back to what we're talking about. There must be evil in me because what kind of person would struggle with this kind of stuff if there wasn't evil? And if there's evil, then and then you go through that whole cycle with guilt and shame, blaming yourself. Hmm. That's that's a big one. And I can say, even though this is on the air, more people go through that than we think yeah. they just don't share it well, yeah i feel like everybody to a certain extent okay. has their evil or their vice or their niche or something like you said that that closet if you will mm-hmm. um and i feel like that's put there for a reason like nobody's made perfect and we all have our vice or flaw mm-hmm. or whatever it, whatever it may be but I feel like that's a test. Mm-hmm. And I could see how if you give in to that, then you must believe that you're evil or it can prevent you from loving yourself because you're not willing to forgive yourself. Check this out. What would happen if a person would give, say a person came to me and was struggling with some moral thing. Uh-huh. I'm sure you've had that happen. And they're, and so they want some encouragement. They want some tools to, to help them be set free. Uh-huh. And so we go through the whole thing. But this person says, you know what, it's not working. So they go to another person and says, you know, I'm going through this thing. And the person says, the reason why you're living a miserable life is not because of what you're doing. It's your belief system. Who said that this was wrong. See, you believe it's morally wrong, and so you're suffering all the consequences because this is your belief. Your belief system has given you a value system, and you have devalued yourself because you believe that your lifestyle is not right. And so you're living miserable because you believe that this is wrong. Who said it's wrong? Live it! 
it's not wrong doing this because there's no such thing as wrong. You determine what's wrong. So stop feeling guilty. What you're doing is not wrong unless you want to live miserable like the way you live. So two types of counseling, two types of belief. One believe there is a moral code. The other belief believes that there is no moral code. If you believe in a moral code and you're breaking it, then you're going to live miserable. But if you don't believe in it, believe it, you can do whatever. I mean, you can live a life of uh, a hedonistic life, just live for pleasure. A lot of people do that. But did you know that it seems that the record states that even people who live a life with no quote, moral absolute, no moral code, they still live miserable and they still commit suicide. Why is that? They have they, no value. See, if they didn't have, if they didn't purpose. have any value purpose. and purpose, purpose. That's, what, would, that's what keeps me from making bad decisions. See, is, but then they wouldn't have to go through the guilt and the shame because there is no standard. I think there'll be a constant longing. And I think over time, that longing will just continue and I think it will become unbearable for certain people. Could it be it's because God created us with an inner ability to know what is right and wrong, even though they believe that there's no such thing as right and wrong, no morality, but somehow they still live miserable because they're living a life that is contrary to what their image is. Hmm. Makes me think. Why do people who still have no absolute still live miserable? I would say if you didn't have any standard, do whatever you like. I wouldn't. I wouldn't feel any. If I if if that person was beating that person or, or beating that dog, say hey, you know that's that's their thing. Mm -hmm. But why do they still get upset even if they don't have a moral code? It's because something in them telling them, hey, that's not right. Where does that come from? So we go back to the very beginning about origin. Where does this, if we're going to talk about where does evil come, down, come, come from, then we say, then, then where does good come from? Because of contrast, right? So good, evil, why do we exhibit so, that? So when you're looking at good and evil, just like Ham brought up earlier about Darkness basically doesn't exist. It's just a contrast to light. Is it the same concept for good and evil? Is there only good and we compare how good something is based off of how bad we think something is? If that you, you kind of you, you see what I'm trying to say here? Yeah, I, I do, and I think I, I would I would I would try to word it. I would agree to it to an extent because it's like I do think like the more. I mean, this kind of like goes like relates to karma too. It's like right, so like the more good you do, the more well off you are. Like the more well good that's in your life, I would say the the less there would be darkness, right? Um, but that still doesn't eliminate darkness. I think I think there's always. If I remember, you're you're from Jersey, right? You have a pretty good relationship with your mom. Mm -hmm. If I was to if I well, let me ask you this question. Is your relationship on your mom based on your performance, what you do, or what you don't do, or is it based because you're just her son? What would it be based on? What do you mean by performance? Like my driving force? Performance meaning how you live your life. I think a lot of it just is based on the way that 
I was brought up. Yeah, the yeah the first the first. No, the relationship with your mom. Yeah, the relation the relationship with my mom. If you were unemployed on the streets, would she still love you? Yes. If you were in jail because you committed some horrendous, would she still love you? Yes. So her love would be based on not on what you've accomplished, or not what it's not based on what you have accomplished, but it's based on. Sounds like who you are. You're you're her son, right? Right. So I guess what I'm using that analogy for is this: when it comes to what were we talking about? We we're talking about <laughs> performance. Per- I, had, um, I had a brain fart too. Oh, um, the absence of the darkness and light. Okay, okay, yeah. got it, got it, <laughs> got, it got it, got it, got it. Okay, so God, again, this is my thing. Okay, does God love man based on what man does or what he doesn't do, or does God love man because of because God just loves man? Because God created man. You ever thought about that? Why does what what makes God love man? Would does would God love Adolf Hitler? Would God love? You think of the most evil person that you could think of in the course of history, from way back when to present, and we're talking bad dudes, okay? Would God love that person? You would have to, yeah. I think I think this plays into forgiveness. I think God is willing to forgive. And what would that forgiveness be based on? Why would God forgive that person? Because it's his creation, his love. Oh, okay, and and so that's that's my question. Yeah, no, I got you. I For would, would, would God, if God did not love? Could God forgive? I mean, your your forgiveness has to have a base, right? So what is the basis of your forgiveness? Is it love or is it, what is it? If a person does you wrong and you forgive him, what are you basing that forgiving, forgiveness of? Is it restitution? You pay me back 10 million bucks, I'll forgive you. You do this and do that, I'll forgive you. But that's conditional, correct? Uh-huh. I'll forgive you based on the condition. I get something in return. You owe me. You, you, you give me something to me, and then I will give you back. But is that really love if it's conditional? No. No. Unless you're doing because that's not Because that's not real forgiveness. Well, why is that? Because you're asking for something in return instead of actually looking inside and forgiving the person because of whatever decision that they made. Um, Would you question the person's motive? Yes. If the person say, I'll forgive you, but you... you Yeah, yeah, I would question the motive because it's conditional. I wouldn't want a materialistic... I'd want them to understand Mm -hmm. my perspective if why I felt a certain way about whatever they did do and that's, I feel like, how I could would be forgiving somebody 
if they were at least willing to under not maybe mm-hmm. agree but understand with why I'm feeling a certain way about whatever the situation yeah. is. If you were on the street and your mom said, Pat, you can come home. Oh, thanks, mom. But before you come home, you got to do this, 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 and this. And then you can come home. Mm-hmm. And you would say, Mom, the reason why I'm on the streets because is because I can't do this, 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 this. All the things that you're requiring me put me on the street. And so I guess I'm not coming home because I I can't do it. I it's it's I can't. That's why I'm living on the streets. Or mom could say, Come home and I will help you deal with this, 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 and this. It's different, right? Yeah, that's the second one. That's what she does. <laughs> but there is tough love and that's accountability too. Well, though. absolutely. Well, that, that, yes. I think that's learning. Yes. That's that's learning. But I understand. You're, we're looking at the yeah the pure side of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And so again, trying to trying to go back to we the, are we're, we are getting close to our hour. Yeah, no, yeah, we are. <laughs> and so trying to go back to go back to our opening, you know, about the evil. I was doing a Sunday school class, and, and my my um, uh, represent my boss when he has a, he has a doctorate in theology, and I was talking about um, predestination, the election. Okay, um, and I asked him, um, "Could you give us your?" And he says, "Well, Jason, I know where you're going, but um, I think I'll just leave it up to you right now." <laughs> so I, I call I, I I called on him afterwards, having supper. I say, hey, Richard, oh, what was say his name? Says, um, um, you didn't want to respond and said, Jason, if I did, your class would have taken a different shape because I know where you were going. He says, based on what you're talking, where does evil come from, Jason? I says, you tell me first because I didn't want to share, you know. And he says, if God created everything, it's a very unpopular position it would seem that evil originated from God. Now that is hard to, to, to swallow, even for me, to think that if evil originated from God, we have to base that. We have to, we have to, we have to uh, prove why. If he's the designer, the creator, the omnipotent, etc., mm-hmm. etc. Et we, we talked about that earlier. But my thing is this. How should I put it? God will not. I got now. This is a claim, okay? My atheist friend here will think I'm a, I'm an idiot. God will not and cannot do anything that is contrary to His nature. I believe that hundred percent. But the paradox is this. So you're saying God cannot do anything and cannot do anything that is contrary to his nature. Is evil contrary to his nature? If evil is rooted basically sin, then sin is contrary to being holy. So if God, if evil or sin did originate from God, then it can't because it's contrary to his nature. But he must have awareness. And so that is the dilemma amongst 
theologians is that right there. Did God allow or did God make into existence evil? I can, I can deal easily with the allow. God allows a lot of things to happen. But just because God just because certain things are allowed, it doesn't mean that it is will, his will. It's two different things, right? Mm -hmm. it, it it really yeah. is. I can allow this to happen, but it doesn't mean that it's my will. No problem with that. But going back to evil with this this origin, it not only talks about allowing, but also God making into existence this evil how can that be I'm wondering I'm just poking at this now I'm wondering if we did not know evil then how would we know the holiness of God true God is holy we know that the way the reason why we know how holy he is is it's kind of like this the more evil you experience, and believe me you, man, it's every time you think somebody does, does something bad and atrocious, somebody else does it worse. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever think you can max out, you can't get even worse than this, not true. There's going to be some character that comes up in history that, that makes that person who did evil look like a little school kid yeah and every so for me every time i see the extent of evil shows me that man god must be even mm -hmm. more holy because the contrast you know so i'm wondering and this is just a wondering i i can't really prove it biblically i don't i don't think i can if that's the reason why we have both evil and holiness is because we can only understand the full holiness of God when we see that there is evil sin in the world hmm. and of course the sin is always manifested by man not God God does not manifest evil and sin he allows it and maybe even brought it into existence because he is holy for our sake see God is eternal God existed a long time he doesn't need to he does he's not dependent on anything or anyone but being that he did create man, he puts things in motion so that man can see him. Not for him. It's for us to see him. Thus we have sin and evil. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've talked a lot. Yeah. It's, a good, uh, I guess, um, it's a good way to come full circle right there. You guys know that people are going to undescribe un what's the word unsubscribe un unsubscribe nah. you. Right? No, I think nah. we'll get a few I think nah. we'll get a few I think we'll you definitely know? get a few from uh from people listening to you that was good yeah so. i would i, I kind of want to wrap this up if you could do this because but i know you're not very good with time things but like we usually do like a little like hot spot at the end but i kind of want to do uh uh do it a little bit differently and kind of like push you in a direction mm -hmm. two minutes because we are pushing it we're already, um, already over yeah it's One like two minute. minutes like if someone came up to you whether they're atheist buddhist islamic christian catholic mm -hmm. and they said I'm struggling with doing good and right, mm -hmm. and I and they're a disturbed person. How do I cope with it? Easy. Two minutes, you know. I would say join the crowd. 
join the crowd, meaning you're not the first, you're not the last to deal with questioning, doubt, good, evil. I think that's a healthy thing. See, when a person struggles, that tells me that the person is struggling because there is something that make that is making them feel uncomfortable. To me, that's good. People need to feel uncomfortable. Yeah, need to feel awkward. That's the conscious that we're talking about. Yeah, because if there is no guilt. Okay. Um, but if a person doesn't have any remorse, no, you know, big deal, you know, then I say, oh, that's dangerous because it seems like the person's mental faculties is being, um, it's calloused. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's cold. It's callous. The Bible says this: man will exchange the truth for lie, and not only or not only exchange the truth for lie, but he will be inventors of lies and 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 this truth or this is that a word? This truth, you know, they will they will, <laughs> they will invent things that are wrong. That's man's capacity, and I think if you look around us, I I can see it. So yeah, if a person is struggling as a Muslim or a Hindu or a Christian with faith and morality, I say that's a good thing. It it means that what God has created us in in created us or has instilled in us by design that's working. That's why we're troubled. It's when we're not troubled that's a bad thing because that means we not only have pushed God aside, but we've also pushed aside the the capacity and ability for us to experience God. Yeah, I, I like think that. you know that's good. You got any last thing? Any last thing you want to say? No, that was good. That was a that was a good. I needed that. That was some some good stuff. I was able to take from that. Yeah. All right. Anything? Uh, no, thank you. Thank and you. Uh, I'll send you my bill when we're done. Cool. No, As thank you. <laughs> episode 42. 42. Life as we know a podcast, 42 hours. If you guys like these kind of episodes like this where we get more deep and philosophical, let us know. Get us to the likes. And that is going to be it. I'm turning cool. this off. Adios. Uh,